Blog Talk Radio. Celebrating their 20th year in radio broadcasting with news not heard in the news, the International Taz and Paula Show interviews experts from all walks of life, bridging research and personalized journeys, revealing new ways to unleash life with a passion of a heartbeat. And now, here's Taz and Paula. Here's to a fabulous day wherever you are. Well, today we can hardly wait to welcome back our guest, Tom Timor, who is an award-winning author, speaker, and entertainment industry CEO who distributes motion pictures and TV programs internationally. Mr. Moore was voted Best Self-Help Author in 2014, with his Gentle Way book series that comes forth in four books. And now this most informative and brilliant author just ignited another shaker this August, his latest book, Atlantis and Lemuria, The Lost Continents Revealed, which is the most detailed book ever written about these two continents and the people who inhabited them. Paula, I can hardly wait to step into this gold mine packed full of information you're now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show. I'm Taz. And I'm Paula. Well, Taz, as I was zooming through Tom's magnificent book, it laid out the story of two continents which existed more than 50,000 years ago, exposing not only their technology, but their cultural achievements also. Tom's latest book, Atlantis and Lemurius, is the painstaking result of years of channeling by Tom who dwells into deep questioning with his guardian angel, Theo, and the Earth's soul, Gaia. This particular book was done in a question-and-answer format. Thrilling it is. And if you remember from the previous interviews, because we've had Tom on our show several times because we just love him so much, um, Tom is is, uh, also known as teaching others how to request benevolent outcomes that can be used both in one's business affairs and personal life as well. Tom says that by requesting benevolent outcomes for over 14 years for himself and others, it has definitely led him into a gentler, less stressful, and less fearful life, the gentle way. Welcome back, Tom. Great. I'm happy to be here, guys. (laughs) I I always enjoy being on your program. Oh, well, did you enjoy putting your new book together? Yeah, it was kind of lengthy. It started in 2008, you know, with a couple of simple questions, and, you know, down the rabbit hole I went and, and uh, <laughs> discovered all sorts of things, and uh, and it just continued because, you know, in my I had this new, uh, weekly newsletter, and, and everybody kept asking me questions about, uh, about Atlantis and Lemuria, and in fact, one uh, one of my readers in the UK sent me 500 questions. So you can imagine, I have, <laughs> I have a lot of questions to ask. Oh wow! <laughs> wow. So you know what, people? Some people we're going to take it that our listeners haven't heard about Lemuria and Atlantis. Mm-hmm. So maybe we should 
say specifically where they're located or where they were located. Okay. <laughs> and, and then go from there. Sure. Uh, we'll start with Atlantis. Um, I, in my book, I give the uh, the longitudes and latitudes of where each were located, but but basically, if someone were to pull up a map of the Western Hemisphere, um, Atlantis started, uh, the northern edge of it started at about 47 degrees latitude. Now, that would go on a line just about with the southern shore of Newfoundland. And it went across, and it, it's in, it, I was told it's in the shape of a parallelogram. So it went across and started curving on back down, and it got within 30 miles of what we call Africa today, but at that time it was called Oz, the land of Oz. Mm-hmm. And and then the uh, western shore was uh, uh, paralleled North America uh, about 100 miles out, and it went all the way down with sort of a little tail ending at just past the tip of Florida. And in, encompassed what is today the bah- uh, Bahamian uh, Bahamas. There we go. Uh, I was trying to say Bahamian Islands. And uh, so there you go. It, it was about 10% larger than present-day Australia. So that's that's where that was located. Then we move over to Lemuria, and Lemuria before the oceans rose about 375 feet. Uh, due to actions, uh, some some beyond anybody's control, and somebody and and wars, shall we uh, say, um, it was actually connected to Japan in several spots. But when the when the oceans rose 160 feet, those connections were lost, and it extended on over to within about a hundred miles of uh, Hawaii. And its tail was sort of in the middle of the continent, so it, it uh, and it was about 12 percent larger than Australia is today. So you get an idea of their sizes. They were fairly significant size continents. You indicated that um, that Atlantis and Lemuria were seeded by extraterrestrials as part of an experiment to develop the human race. Yes. Can you kind of go from there? That's a big mouthful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it, it seems, uh, I was told that that the creator of, of the universe, and of course there's, uh, for those who might not know, uh, there's supposed to be billions of universes, um, but the creator of our universe um, sent what uh, what are always called emissaries to me. Now, emissaries would be, uh, they would take on the appearance of what uh, the people that they were contacting looked like, and I say people because it could be any kind of being, and uh, uh, but it would be like a very ancient-looking being, you know, something very wise. And the emissaries went uh, to to these extraterrestrial races and said, uh, said the Creator wants to uh, have this experiment, the Earth experiment, where uh, where the Creator wants to. Uh, wants to try and see if negativity can be overcome because in all the other billions of universes, no one had been able to 
work with negativity. Everybody kind of shuffled it under the rug, so to speak. And and I was told that if the creator asks you something, you can refuse, but no one does. And so the ETs uh, started uh, – I was told that they had the knowledge of how to create different kinds of beings, but but not practical experience, okay? So they wound up trying all sorts of wild-looking uh, things, and this started about 10 million years ago, Earth time, and um, – uh, and that, and so you, of course, the only earliest records we have of that are the Lucy and I think it's called the Littlefoot models of of humans, the uh, uh, the not too large a brain type uh, humans, but they were human humanoids uh, and uh, small brain capacities, and and they worked worked up from there, but also with all sorts of hideous tries of things that were we would call mutants today and and so they worked up and they worked up to the point where there were neanderthals which i was told uh were actual also actually cannibals uh and there were probably at their peak maybe a little over four million of them uh didn't get too much higher because if somebody got a little old, they would just bop them in the head and have them for <laughs> dinner. <laughs> and and they had about eighty percent of the brain capacity of of the Adam and Eve model, as I call it in the book. Um, and then along came the Cro Magnons, and they were really close to uh, to uh, to the Adam and Eve models. They the difference, major difference that we could see are uh, square eye sockets compared to round. And I started yeah. thinking about that since the the book was published. And I thought, well, you know, if, if I was a designer and and maybe if, if it was a square uh, eye socket, maybe that would cause a real problem if somebody got hit in the head or, you know, by a fist or a club or whatever. And so they rounded it. Now, that's just a wild guess, you know, <laughs> that I have, and also there were internal differences, but the, their intelligence was almost identical to the Adam uh, Adam and Eve humans. So they were, they were, you know, our equal from that standpoint. Were there any circumstances that people found them, like, unearthed and archaeologically to be able to see if any of these humans uh, were available for 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 us to see. Well, they just found one not too long ago. Yeah, they found a, a, another new one. Uh, they found 15 bodies in a uh, in a, a deep in a cave where they had been buried, and this was another another model that they had not found before. I was told, besides the Neanderthals and the Cro Magnons, there is one more uh, race that had a lot of a, a large number. But it hasn't been discovered yet, and I have a feeling it's probably probably going to be in Asia. Hmm. Well, I, some people thought they were uh, ETs once they discovered, you know, down under the ground, and the scientists refused to acknowledge no. that. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think that was just one of the many 
many trials and errors they had. In my book, I also mention there was a, um, a, a race of people, but only like maybe a thousand or three or five thousand or something like that. And I called them, oh, the, the rock, wall, rock wall people because um, uh, there's this large rock wall that's deep, pretty deep in the ground in Rockwall, Texas, which my ancestors actually founded. And uh, it's it's like uh, very close to the to the Dallas Metroplex, and um, there's this rock wall, and and I asked about it and was told that it was built by these people that were were following the sea, and the seas were were receding at that time period uh, through Texas, and they lived they lived in this area for a while, but the seas kept kept receding and so they kept following the sea but they had the rock wall to to, pr- to protect them from the uh, from the uh, the storms obviously probably they were having hurricanes back then like we you know like we still do today hmm. were Atlantis and Lemuria on the on this planet at the same time oh yes um the continents um when when the Adam and Eve model were finally seated all over the world, um, uh, they were they were both seated in Atlantis and Lemuria. But the ET uh, group that seated Atlantis seated more of them in sort of different places. So their population grew a lot faster than the Lemurian population. It was. Uh, it was just a fairly small, and it started from there and and grew more slowly. Now you said that the uh, they when they were seeding and experimenting, they took the best DNA from uh, different worlds um, and put them together to create. Yes, supposedly we have the DNA of like two hundred planets <laughs> beings in our uh, in our DNA. So they they really tried to everybody tried to contribute to make the best. Um, the most durable being they could in, you would, in order to... You would think we'd be better than we are now. <laughs> Maybe we're just asleep. <laughs> well, well, we're we're pretty durable, but when you think about, about all the, the wars and and bloody messes we make uh, in fighting each other, uh, it, it, you know, it's amazing. So that's... Did they create, that's, did they create a... Federation, uh, the different worlds create a federation to create peace or to make sure that there wasn't any more war. Uh, well, kind of, kind of both. The uh, the Federation of Planets, as I I said in my last book, which was First Contact Conversations with an ET, was formed after the real Star Wars, which happened happened about a million years ago, uh, Earth time and 100,000 years ago, universal time. Since Earth time, they've speeded up in order for us to catch up with all these other races eventually. And, uh, and so they, um, they created this federation after the reptilians had, had attacked this quadrant of the uh, galaxy, and, and they were finally, uh, and they were fought back and, and so they finally came to a peaceful solution, and they're all happy, galactically peaceful people. And the rept, uh, and one of the things of settling or coming to peace was that the reptilians 
got to contribute, um, I guess, their DNA and also souls um, uh, from their planets, along with with all the souls that volunteered from the uh, from the Federation uh, of planets too. I don't think the reptilians are are members of the Federation. I think, but they they're at peace with them. And well, anyway, go ahead. Oh, I no, go ahead because we I wasn't going to ask a question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I was going to go off on a track that that would have oh. taken us away from from the book. Uh, the, the book. So anyway, uh, it, it would have been more on the the last one. So it, you know, anybody uh, can uh, can check out my first contact conversations with an e book et book and and get the whole story of of the uh, of the Federation and and how they protect us and all that stuff. Now Lemuria is um I I describe Lemuria uh, so that people can understand it more. Mhm. And also do that with Atlantis so they can understand maybe what these two continents continents were about. And okay. um okay. Okay. Uh, um let's take Atlantis first because because there was kind of more happening on Atlantis now, as anyone that has ever read the um, uh, the Edgar Casey books, yes, uh, can uh, uh, can attest there were there were he mentioned three destructions. Now, one of the three he mentioned, the first destruction, I was told he got that one not exactly right. Shall we say um, that was when Gaia. Uh, shifted the poles to where they are now, and that caused several million people around the world to lose their lives because uh, because suddenly it would be frigid cold and and they weren't prepared for it, so they they froze to death. Um, there were uh, people that. Um, uh, obviously, I'm sure the oceans slopped around, and and uh, you know villages and towns and all along the coasts were lost, and and uh, Atlantis lost some people, not an enormous amount. By then, they had like over a million people living on the on the continent. So that was the first destruction, and the ETs at that time had not been given what was called the Earth Directive, which was to, to, uh, to leave hands off. And, and the reason that came about is that, as an example, the ETs gave the Atlanteans uh, crystal power, you know, because this was free energy, this uh, was healing, uh, it, it ran everything. It, it, uh, they had aircraft, uh, they had cars and and uh, all the homes were lighted. Everything was free. It was kind of socialistic in in that in that matter right, manner. And um, so they, um, uh, you know, this was uh, was a great deal. Now, what happened eventually is that they they developed uh, laser ray guns out of using this crystal energy, and and that was the bad that was the bad deal. So. Um, it um, uh, it really caused a, uh, uh, a, a, a eventually a, 
an enormous problem and the destruction of what remained of Atlantis. Now the so uh, you know in the in their height though they were able to use healing uh, a number uh, healing uh, uh, energies. They were uh, they had these enormous crystals that they could dig up under the earth that were like 20 and 25 feet tall, and and these crystals would be activated using a form of of magnetics uh, in some form or fashion we haven't rediscovered, and it, they would send out these beams, and it, and it was they were limited by the curvature of the earth. So across their continent, and then as they went out and conquered the Mediterranean, um, they they had to have these crystals that could power their aircraft and and boats and 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 cars and trucks and so on and so forth. So uh, it, they it was limited. So they never were able to have high speed, like their aircraft never went above say 400 miles an hour. Uh, their cars and Trucks never went above probably fifty or sixty, so they no no drag races, <laughs> and and, um, and and so they used it to conquer the Mediterranean. But the only uh, people they could never conquer were the uh, the people of Oz, because they uh, if you recall the stories about the British um, trying to uh, conquer like the Zulu warriors. And the Zulu warriors would bring like thousands of 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 warriors. Well, that happened to the Atlanteans. They would come over maybe with a thousand guys with laser guns and everything, thinking and and aircraft, thinking, oh well, we're going we're going to conquer this continent. And uh, uh, the the warriors discovered that the aircraft couldn't fly at night for whatever reason, and so they would wait till nightfall, and then thousands of them would come. And just kill all the invaders. Wow! Boy, we haven't learned a thing since then, have we? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so say I be on that. <laughs> and uh, now, uh, and so and and they tried that over supposedly several hundred, maybe over a thousand or two thousand years, because I was told out of my hundred and eighty something lives I had. On, on the continent of Atlantis, um, uh, I died at least two times uh, being sent over as a soldier and, and being being sliced up by the the warriors. So there you go. Wow. So tell us something about Lemuria now. Um, yes. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, well, okay. Well, let's let's first get to the second destruction because this caused okay. changes in Lemuria too. Um, the the second destruction happened. The first destruction was like fifty two thousand or so years ago. Then the second destruction happened at uh, about thirty thousand years ago, and there was this line of volcanoes that that went through the spine of of the Atlantean continent because it sat right on top of the Mid Atlantic Ridge. And so there was the, all these super volcanoes that that were in a line across the the whole continent, okay, and and then um, uh, uh, lo behold, um, <laughs> I'm sorry I'm getting interrupted here. Believe it or not, there's P 
people outside with with uh, that are doing tree trimmings. <laughs> I hope I hope oh. your audience can hear that. No, I, I can't hear it. Okay, no. okay, we're we're fine because <laughs> I keep thinking, oh, they're getting closer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so so anyway, the uh, all of these super volcanoes blew up one day, and uh, uh, and the whole continent almost sank. Virtually all of it. There were only the Canary Islands, the Azores, uh, a couple islands off the uh, the coast of uh, of Canada or, or Maine or whatever, and the Bahamas. And then there was there was a, one major island called Poseidia. And Poseidia, if you were to draw a line out uh, straight out from uh, uh, from about Boston, that's where Poseidia was located. But west of the middle of the Atlantic, and then 375 miles south of that, on a line straight out from uh, from Washington, D.C., was uh, was this island called Aaron, and there were four little islands, one tiny island and three others uh, just below it, and that was inhabited by the sons of Belial, and, uh, uh, and Posadia was inhabited by the law of one people, okay? And they didn't get along at all together. But when, so, uh, the, when, but the seas, when, when that continent sank, it caused this huge mud uh, to lay on the ocean, mud and debris and everything. It took over 10 years for it to sink to the bottom of the ocean. Uh, so, so they had that. It was in, in, and there were reports that, you can you can read in ancient writings about this there being this mud uh, uh, wall that was impenetrable for the uh, for the ships coming out from the Straits of Gibraltar. Um, so they uh, 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 the the seas rose 160 feet, and and so we're talking about. Uh, uh, killing millions of people, over 30 or 40 million people were killed all over the world by these tsunamis. So you can imagine, if you if you watch the Japan tsunami, the waters come in, they may go up 30 or 50 feet, but they all went back out. In this case, they all came in, and, and the seas rose 160 feet, completely wiping out, and everybody started started from scratch that were at higher ground. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So, uh, and, and at that time, of course, the seas rose 160 feet over by Lemuria, and that cut off their uh, their connection with Japan and just left them there with, um, eventually they had five countries. Okay. And they were separated by rivers and mountains and the normal things that countries are separated by, like in Europe. And um, and so uh, they were an idyllic people. They they got along fantastically well. It was like a utopia, if you want to call it that. They also had a different energy that we have not discovered yet. And uh, so... We're uh, 
they um, uh, uh, had this idyllic, uh, peaceful existence till the last 1,000 years of their of their existence when they started the war. Okay, so now we've got <laughs> now we've got uh, one of the destructions out. There's two more to go. So, where do you want to go from here? Well, I wanted to talk about the timelines because okay. that's what the ETs worked with when they were creating, experimenting. Didn't they work with the timelines? Could you explain what a timeline is and then go from there? Okay. Um, well, now, okay, there are 12 timelines, and and so... Each of us, and gosh, this could get into a pretty long conversation, so let me kind of summarize it by just saying that there were, there were 12 um, uh, timelines. We have 12 parallel lives going on at the same time because our souls want to have the biggest bang for their buck for each one of the lives, and, and they wanted to see how, how each person would react being on a different frequency from a a higher frequency to a lower frequency, and and so they, but in, in you know this timeline which we're kind of concentrating on, um, you know the the timing of the events is probably more what you're talking about. It wouldn't isn't that true? Yes. Uh huh. Oh, okay. Sorry. When I when I get in the timelines, I even have that. Explained in this book because uh, because we get into discussion on timelines too. Well, that okay. was pretty awesome. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> and so so anyway, um, the timing of it was the first destruction happened at fifty two thousand years ago. Then the second destruction, where the major part of Atlantis sank, was thirty thousand years ago. Now we come up to a time period where it was 12,500 years ago. Things were getting worse and worse and worse. Now, this was 200 years before this final cataclysmic war between the Law of One and, and the Sons of Belial. 200 years before that, I had a life in which I was told I was inspired to create the gentle way. And... and so I had about one million people um, uh, that were that were using the general way that were re- requesting benevolent outcomes in their lives, and they weren't getting all caught up in all this warring between the two factions. And so I was told in that life I was sort of like a, a minister of some type. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know exactly, but. I actually had a flock, okay, and so I was told uh, that I I needed to migrate, uh, and so I left um, uh, I left at uh, Poseidia. I was living in Poseidia with twenty five thousand of my followers, and we traveled through Spain and France and all, and we we journeyed to Egypt. And if anyone has read about uh, about Edgar Casey's Egypt and all, Edgar Casey had a past life there as Rata, 
and Rata had been banished from Egypt, and I can't remember what what all the reasons were, but they brought him back to Egypt because there was this flood of Atlanteans that were settling there, and they were scared they were going to be conquered again. And uh, and but it was my group, and so I I talked to Rata and explained that we were peaceful people and we just were wanting to get away from war and and lead peaceful lives. And so uh, the whole coast of of Africa at that time was very verdant. It isn't like it's all sand now. It's very verdant, and so everybody had tons of space to have farms and live on the uh, coast if they wanted to, and so on. Um, so it was um, uh, it, it was okay, uh, a nice place to live for us. So that's that's how I first started learning about Atlantis. Is that is that I was asking where was the origin of the gentle way and was told it was in my life in Atlantis. So so there we go. That's 200 years before the final war. Finally, the final war comes about. The sons of Belial said, we can't take this anymore. They, you know, they were having ships sunken, aircraft shot down or whatever, and they were doing the same to the Poseidians. And, and so we, we're going to wipe them off the face of the earth. So they did an, a... Uh, a Pearl Harbor type attack. They took off with 325 of these saucer-shaped aircraft with these ray guns, and they went to Poseidia and proceeded to to use these ray guns to melt the people, the the cities, the land. You know, I mean, literally a, a million and a half people died the very first day of the. Huh. Uh, of the war, uh, and and they thought the uh, uh, but the Poseidians were smart enough that they turned off their crystals, and so the the um, uh, the sons of Belial aircraft had to retreat back to Erin, and so then the Poseidians had some secret airfields themselves, and so they took off and they went to Erin and these other islands, and they started doing the same, and so. Slowly but surely, uh, the islands started breaking up. Uh, Poseidia, which was about the size of Cuba, but was r- uh, round in shape, uh, chunks of it started dropping off. The same thing happened with Aaron, which was the size of Hispaniola Island. I'm not saying that correctly, but uh, and the other smaller islands. And so they eventually all sank into the sea. And... Um, and so the seas rose not overnight 41 feet, but in total 41 feet. And that's where the story of Noah came from, okay? Uh, it was 12,500 years ago. Noah was told uh, by God or Creator, whoever you wish to say, uh, to build that ark. And and instead of uh, including wild animals, they embellished the story over thousands of years he put all these domesticated animals in there and everything with his family. And when the sea started rising five and then 10 feet and then 20 feet and 25 and 30 feet and so on, uh, it lifted the boat off and off he went towards Mount Area. So that's that's where the story of Noah came from. Pretty incredible. <laughs> and, yeah. and all the re- religions of the world have that, major religions of the world have that story 
uh, even including the Hindus, but the Hindus changed his name to make it sound more Indian. <laughs> they loved the story, too, <laughs> because, they, of course, they were flooded. You know, the seas rose 41 feet for them, too. So how long did it and take for the 41 feet to come up, do you know? Supposedly, like, less than a week or 10 days or so. Okay. So it was fairly fast, maybe at most two weeks. But, but you know, uh, using these these ray guns, it was just horrible. You know, people just melted away. It was uh, it was very very horrible, and and so that w- and so the seas rose all around the world, 41 feet, and, uh, again killing millions of people that lived on the coast. So you know, each time these things happen, all the people that lived on the ocean, and you look at all around the world, you can look at any map today, and and people lived near the ocean, and and they died from it. So, so that happened, and and then um, uh, we we go back to uh, to Lemuria, and Lemuria. Uh, there's you know one more big uh, big event coming naturally. <laughs> um, they they couldn't live together. The five countries, and they had this energy too that that they used to. Uh, you know, power everything and and so on. Uh, but they were able to create these gigantic, I'll call them hydrogen bombs, because it's my understanding that it was not exactly that energy. It was another energy, but it was still larger. I was told it was larger than any bomb that's ever been exploded in the world. And so they they created uh, these. And and so 7,500 years ago, um, uh, and, and this dates back to also me, uh, uh, I asked this innocent question one day. I said, hey, uh, Theo, did I ever have a, a life on the Lemurian con- continent, which was also called Mu? And, um, and he said, ah, Tom, he said, you helped sink the continent. And I said, oh, great. And it seems that I was a religious leader, and I was in favor of bombing uh, the other countries that we didn't get along with, and I encouraged them to to bomb them. So we we bombed two countries with two of these gigantic bombs, and thinking that they didn't have any way to retaliate, but they had the same kind of bombs, and they retaliated on us, and and it uh it resulted in the whole uh, Lemurian continent sinking to the bottom of the ocean and that took me i was told it took me over 80 uh lives to um balance that one out it's like <laughs> being part of a hitler group or something you know that that caused the destruction of millions over 30 million people or so when you were going back on your uh, newsletter, your channelings, and you were creating this book, mm-hmm. was there any of the channelings that surprised you that you didn't remember that you, you wrote? Oh, um, I, I guess they kind of surprise me all the time because I typically I, I don't go back to them uh, when I assemble a book, you know, where I've got questions and answers. I try and put them into chapters 
uh, and then if I if I find I've asked the same question two or three times, which obviously happened from 2008 to 2000 and uh, uh, what 15, um, when I when I find I've I've asked something uh, two or three times, I check to see if I was getting the same information all the time, and sometimes I don't. And so sometimes I have to ask the question again, and uh, and that just that just happens. And or maybe I I did get the answer, but I got part of the answer one time and part of the answer another. So I would just combine the answers in, in order to not be two separate questions. Yeah, Tom, when you were in Atlantis, or I mean, I let me let me, uh, let me redo this. Okay, if what happened? Where did the people migrate? Where, did the Atlanteans go anywhere? Uh, I mean, when they were able, maybe some were saved in some way. Where did they go? And the same with Lemuria. Um, were they able to reestablish themselves in other areas? Sure. Uh, both actually had people migrating away that did not want to be part of wars and everything. In the case of Atlantis, we weren't the only group that uh, went to Egypt, although we were the largest group. There were uh, over the following 200 years before the the final war, uh, there was still a kind of a steady stream of people leaving uh, that didn't want to be part of a war, and there were also people going toward down towards uh, Central America, uh, obviously the Yucatan. Um, so there were there were people moving away from uh, from Posadia and Aaron, and uh, and then there were a few people supposedly that actually survived um, uh, for whatever reason. Maybe they were in a sailing ship, you know, that uh, happened to be out or or, or somehow they, uh, uh, you know, they were able to survive the, the tsunamis and everything. So, the, yes, there were survivors that that uh, were able to reestablish them, themselves uh, between uh, Oz, Egypt, um, uh, Central America, and, and so on. So they, those people. Now, as far as the the um, Lemurians go, the continent of Mu, um, they there were people that you know were much more nice, may, may we say, and and they certainly didn't want to be part of any war. Now, this keep in mind, this is like five thousand years later than than uh, the Atlantean War. So we're talking about 7,500 years ago, and as this got worse and worse, uh, there was supposedly a fairly decent number of people that went to Japan, that went on into Asia uh, and, and Malaysia and so on, uh, migrating away. And also uh, something interesting I I learned, um, the uh, the uh, I, I mentioned to you before, I think, that Hawaii was was not too far away from uh, from the continent of Mu, only a hundred miles. And, and of course, before the final raising of you know before the final destruction of um, uh, the Mu continent, 
by raising it another 160 or 200 feet, uh, the people would would vacation in Hawaii, but they would have different beaches or different parts of the island, which was larger at that time because uh, because you know it, it was still uh, 160 feet higher up, so to speak. And and so I think that's why so many people feel a connection to to Hawaii these days is from their lives on uh, on Lemuria, where they actually vacationed on Hawaii just like we do today. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's yeah. like it's like the people permeated the land in, in, with their energy, and and that's why people I think. Feel an affinity, a great affinity for uh, for uh, Hawaii now. Yeah, were were there any ETs living among uh, in Atlantis, Atlantis or Lemuria? Uh, they certainly visited visited them uh, quite frequently until the Earth Directive came around, and then and then lo and behold, they just left all these. These people high and dry. They couldn't tell them. Well, you know, in in a couple thousand or years or so, uh, you're all going to destroy yourselves. They they couldn't tell them that, so they would just leave. And the people, you know, that they were working with, the uh, uh, were were just, you know, dumbfounded. Well, why did they leave? Why why didn't they even say goodbye or what? You know, they didn't they didn't tell them anything. And um, so, but you know, the people were using the things that they gave them, and this happened both in it appeared Lemuria and Atlantis uh, for power and everything, and instead of of using it for what uh, for what the ETs wanted it to be used for was you know to uh, to light homes and run factories or whatever, they they took it uh, t- too far. I wonder if there's any remains left of Lemuria or Atlanta under the sea. And um, uh, like any kind of structures, has anyone searched for structures? Well, of course, uh, I mentioned uh, in my book that there um, uh, it's called Yugami or something like that, Japan. Uh, uh, you can Google underwater ruins Japan, and you'll see this. A pretty giant structure. I was told that this was a sort of some type of fortification, and it's it's down about a hundred and I think uh, they said a hundred and twenty or fifty feet or something like that. And there was this uh, these giant stone structure that was a fort, a fort, uh, some type of fortification. So you can see that by simply diving, and uh, and they have photos. Of it that you can see on you know by googling uh, uh, underwater ruins Japan, and then well, as I far re- as go ahead. I was going to say if, if I remember correctly, I think they found something over by the Azor Islands also. Yeah, um, well, of course, there are a couple of things. Number one was um, uh, in in on the coast of Spain. There's this marshy area. And they thought that might be the um, uh, the uh, Posadia, okay. And uh, but I was told 
if you can imagine, let's just say people like to make replications of Washington, D.C. You know, they want to have, uh, for the capital of their state, they want to have the building looking like uh, the building Washington, D.C. Uh, I can cite Little Rock, Arkansas as being one of those, as near as I remember. And um, so I was told that that was simply someone trying to make that uh, that city look like the golden city of Posadia. And and so that was just a smaller replica of it. Um, of course, you've got the Bimini Road, which um, uh, was uh, which still exists, and you can see it underwater uh, in Bimini Island in the Bahamas, because the Bahamas, as I say, they they completely were washed away, but they came back, and. But they were too far away for the, uh, for these people um, to reach with with the kind of energy they were using, the crystal energy and all. So that's why they had all the uh, the problems were limited to between Posadia uh, and and the Aran Island, which was straight off of Washington D.C. And, and and I thought that was interesting that. The bad guys at that time period were the the sons of Belial, and it, and and they're on a line with Washington D.C. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's something there, I I, I think somewhere, and um, and uh, yes, uh, like um, Bermuda, as I recall, is is a remnant of of uh, Atlantis. But I was told you'd really have to dig down deep because if you look at anywhere in the world, uh, uh, tons of dirt has landed and covered up all these services in the world. Um, a good example would be, like I, I went to Bath, England, and, and there's a Roman uh, bath there that dates back 2,000 years, and it's below ground. But originally it was above ground. You know, it's a whole story below ground, and, and so that's how much the the land has covered. And, and even you, you know, uh, uh, at Stonehenge, they just discovered all of these stones that's completely buried under the ground, uh, probably done purposely. But still, uh, it took them all this time to finally find these stones because they were they were all underground. So there's there's so much we haven't found. That's that's underground. If we start digging, you know, Tom, people are becoming so um, so more spiritual um, throughout the whole world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really magnificent to see this taking place, and I kind of wonder if you know places like Lemuria and Atlantis, people you know have come back and they're just trying to rewrite and make things better for the whole entire planet. Um, I, I I wonder what you think about that because of these energies and uh, people really have this, their heart is showing more and more and our earth is changing. Have you, have you asked any questions along these lines recently to Theo or Gaia? Well, even in the, my book, I mentioned the fact that 
you know, I kind of asked, why hasn't all this information come out before? And I was told that it's time for it, that, um, that uh, and I was told we will never destroy, uh, you will never destroy yourselves again, okay? And, and I think they wanted to hide that from us, that information, because we would be so fearful uh, of, uh, of trying to progress and, and find electricity and, and, and learn, you know, uh, how to fly planes and on and on and on and on, all these pro- progressions, because people would be so afraid that, that we would, um, you know, do the same thing again, that it would, it would cause people I, to, it'd be almost like a witch hunt. Oh, you're doing this? Oh, my God. Oh, no, you can't do this uh, kind of thing. And so they sort of hid, hid the information uh, uh, so that only, you know, Plato uh, uh, was able to come out with it and then Edgar Cayce. So uh, it's time for the information because we're not going to destroy ourselves and, and we need to be keeping looking up towards the stars. Yeah. I have one David, real quick question. Yeah, go ahead, Paula. I, uh, yeah, the Bermuda uh, Triangle. Does it, did that have anything to do with Atlantis? There are one or two uh, of these large um, crystals supposedly under the water there that they were not able to save before uh, uh, before the calamity, and um, so that. That could be the cause of it. That's possible. Uh, one of the interesting sidelights is that the Atlanteans also um, mine for crystals near Hot Springs, Arkansas. Oh. So, and supposedly some of the locals there have found these mines, but they're not talking. They don't want. They don't want to be inundated by people running around. I don't blame them. <laughs> So, um, so there's lots of crystals, and the Atlanteans had had a way they they had instruments that could detect large crystals because we're talking about you know needing crystals. A, a number of them were twenty twenty five feet tall that would send out this beam of energy when they were activated that would uh, power everything you know kitchens and whatever. Well, we need to well, take a little time out. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's gonna... tell people how to get your book. And oh, we... yeah. Okay. It's uh, well, Atlantis. My... Go ahead. Yeah, Atlantis and Lemuria: The Lost Continents Revealed is available on uh, uh, in about every ebook uh, company you could think of. Uh, you know, the Amazons, the uh, you name any any site for the for the printed book, you can get them there. Uh, wish it was out in the in the retail st- uh, stores, but it hasn't made it yet. Maybe if enough people ask, why uh, they'll start carrying it. And um, uh, I, I think it'll give everyone a different perspective of of these things because I do give timelines and I I, I do show how you know each of these uh, these destructions happened and and it's. Um, I, I, as I say, it's the most detailed book I've ever seen on on the subject. 
David Wilcock talks about the law of one. And um, are we going to be going back to that aspect of things? I don't know about going back. Um, all the the religions that are around today are, are still going to be around for many, many years, I've been told. Um, but uh, supposedly, you know, when the ETs show up and give us more of our real history, um, the... Uh, uh, the religions are going to adjust and, uh, and and change because they got a lot of it wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, it'll, maybe it'll bringing be... in a, our heart energy and yep. that kind of thing. Tom, you know what? We really have to go, and yep. it has been so priceless having you with us this time. Uh, as let always, Tom, let, just before we leave, let Tom say how people can get his newsletter. Oh, yeah. Uh, happy to. Uh, you can email me at Tom T. Moore, the number six, at AOL.com uh, to receive my newsletter. And uh, you can also see the same uh, email address on the front page, on the home page of my website, which is at www.thegentlewaybook.com. And you can also click on articles and news, and read all my my archived newsletters all the way back to 2007. Well, great. Well, we really thank you. Yeah, we really thank you for being with us again. Sure thing. I enjoy being with, with you, too. Have a great day, everyone, a most benevolent day. Thank oh, you. Oh, great. Uh-huh. You, too. Thank you. You, Bye-bye. too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.